So just a shot in the dark, but did you know that Jupiter's legacy plot deals with the conflicting views around Utopian's honor code? Service, compassion, mercy. Those are the words we live by. That is our code. Don't kill, ever. The only thing that you will have to guide you is the code. Lethal force without due process is not justice. 78% of the country believes that the code I've lived by my whole life is somehow meaningless. Yeah, me neither. Let's talk about it, since apparently they just won't. <laughs> Welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and disappointing final episodes. I am your nerd pastor, Nate. And I'm so glad that you are here to join us for another one of these nerdy deep dives in the start of our season two. Hey, it's season two! We're here, and don't worry, we have exciting things planned for this season, some big new shows, some big new things and themes. We're taking big steps forward, we're taking big risks, we're going to do a bunch of exciting stuff, and I cannot wait to share stuff as more and more of these episodes come out. As always, we're going to start with our scripture for today. So, today's scripture is actually coming from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. As always, I'll be reading from the NRSV. That's just my preferred translation. But if you have a translation you'd prefer to use instead, feel free to use that one. That is just what I use, and that is what will be on the screen. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so first things first, what even is Jupiter's legacy? What are we talking about? So Jupiter's Legacy is an American superhero comic book series, first published back in 2013, written by the somewhat infamous Mark Miller, drawn by Frank Quietly, colored and lettered by Peter Doherty, and published by Image Comics. Mark Miller, as just mentioned, is a well-known entity to comic book fans. He has quite a few hits, and odds are you've seen some of the films based on his works. Miller was a big name for big companies like Marvel and DC, but he was actually encouraged by the big man Stan Lee himself to work on his own IP under a separate LLC, which led to the founding of an independent studio named Miller World in 2004, which has been the source of many of his biggest and best works. Then let's flash forward to 2017, where we see Netflix purchase Miller World in an undisclosed acquisition, which means, hey, if you like series like Jupiter's Legacy, Wanted, Kick-Ass, or Kingsman, get ready for more. Miller is well known for his gritty takes on humanity and honest but not cruel looks at the difficulty of just being a human being. To this extent, Jupiter's legacy serves Miller in a lot of ways. First, he's doing what Stan said and creating a whole universe with his Justice League of heroes who have aged out of superherodom. <coughs> Real subtle move there. Second, Miller is using the platform that he has to offer up a commentary on the things that drive us all crazy about superhero stories without muddying the waters of the morals of established superheroes like Superman or Batman. Jupiter's legacy sets us in the not too different universe from ours until a group of ragtag miserable people seek out a mysterious island during the Great Depression. They somehow are endowed with incredible powers and establish a distant but amicable league of superheroes who protect mostly America, Northern America, I don't know. It's not there. We always, we don't talk about the rest of the world in these shows. Okay. 
but they protect everybody mostly from bad guys and the such and that usual stuff. But here's the thing, that's all actually in the past. The Silver Age is over, and now our heroes have kids, super kids. There's now a legacy, if you will. The story that Miller is actually trying to present isn't the story of the Utopian, also known as Superman, or any of the other OG heroes. He's telling the story of what happens when they get too old and it's time to pass the gauntlet. Even more specifically, Miller isn't really telling a super story at all. He's actually telling the human story. He's presenting us, the viewers, with the natural evolution of ideals, morals, and yes, the code. The code is referred to a lot in this show and most often pretty broadly. The biggest rule is that superheroes do not kill. They only incarcerate. Second most important is that superheroes do not get involved in roles of leadership for the country. They don't politic, if you will. These rules seem to have been set by the Utopian, who, despite not really claiming it, is the de facto leader of the crew, much to the disdain of some of the other members. But times, they are a-changing, and things start to change real quick when Brandon, the Utopian's son, and also known as Paragon, brains one of the big bads after watching a few of his friends get got. So, in an act of fury, he retaliates, kills a baddie, and ends up breaking the code. Now, the Utopian, his father, is furious, and probably embarrassed, I would think. He's prepared for the rest of the world to be on his side for this thing, but they aren't. The public actually likes what Brandon did, and so do some of the members of the Faux Justice League. People are patting Brandon on the back when the Utopian feels like they should be chastising him. It's a conflict that we have to deal with constantly in the real world too, right? I'm certainly no stranger to changing moral codes, and I'm only in my 20s. We have the trope of back in my day for a reason, and there's nothing new under the sun. This actually brings us really nicely to our scripture for today. Remember how I said this isn't a new thing? I meant it. It goes back at least as far to Jesus in the New Testament. See, when Jesus came on the scene, things were messy, like real messy. Religion had long since overtaken spirituality. The leaders of the day, the Pharisees, were missing the point and they were doing it pretty drastically. People had become so obsessed with the rules that they were missing the forest for the trees and falling short of what the rules were actually for. This is pretty similar to where we are today. This is a problem that seems to be pretty ubiquitous and prevailing throughout generations, but that doesn't mean that we can't put our best foot forward and figure out how to handle Bible beaters and those who insist on their rules being the only rules. As we read through the conversations that Jesus has throughout the Gospels, we see that there are really three main groups that he's speaking with. The outsiders, those outside of any Jewish tradition, the Jewish laypeople, the average Joes, and then the religious elite, who always seem to have questions for Jesus relating to the Torah and the religious law. It's fairly safe to assume that anyone watching this video has at least heard of the Ten Commandments, but maybe you weren't aware that they were actually housed in the first five books of the Old Testament canon, and that there were like way more than ten of them. If you're at all familiar with the arguments that go on amongst church people, then maybe you were aware of how many Old Testament laws there are and just how many of them we break without even thinking anything of it at all. One of the fears of Jesus' radical ministry was that he was going to overthrow and throw out the well-established law and order provided by these hundreds of laws in the Torah. And while Jesus does some really creative gymnastics here, he kind of does do exactly what they're afraid of. Jesus entered the scene and didn't throw out the old laws, but instead he made them more clear. He explained them for a change, gave voice to these laws, attached people to these laws. He made it far more clear than in the bulk of the Torah why we were to do the things we were to do. And what are those reasons? To honor God and to honor each other. To add insult to injury here, Jesus doubles down on the Pharisees and says that their knowledge of the Torah, which they, hey, reminder, 
they've studied this their entire lives, is actually only the bare minimum that we need to do to truly be righteous. Now, this either means that we have no chance of possibly entering the kingdom of heaven, because I certainly have no intentions of memorizing the Torah and putting goat hair on my chest at night or something, or it means something entirely different. The Pharisees haven't been following the law at all. I don't mean this literally. They've been doing exactly what the words say on paper, but they've never been doing it for righteous reasons. It's been for another reason entirely, or maybe for an ulterior motive. Jesus says we have to be better than that. Whether we devote our entire lives to this thing or not, it's all for naught if we don't mean it, or if we only do it out of the obligation. This ties back into Jupiter's legacy and where all of this is falling short. The Utopian isn't an inherently bad person, and as far as we can tell, he follows all of the rules to the T. But that's not enough. In fact, it doesn't even start to be enough. The Utopian, with his white wig and 6 out of 10 beard at best, I love you, Josh Duhamel, is still at the starting line of virtue because his heart hasn't been in it for a while, if ever. The code is a good one. It makes sense, but only if it's done for the right reasons. What are those reasons? Well, I certainly don't know, and that's probably the biggest problem. Jesus told us the reasons behind the rules, and that's where our righteousness begins, not where it finishes. We can follow the Big Ten or all 600-something and not even begin to live a life more like Jesus until we understand what the rules are all about. Because here's the main point. Rules aren't meant to be restrictive. They're meant to be representative. Why don't we kill? Because we love. Send to print. No further justification needed. You could add in another thousand rules to the Old Testament for all I care. It's always the exact same thing. If that isn't honoring God, or if it isn't honoring your fellow human, then it's always going to fall short. Rules are just representations of the reasons behind them. If we don't stop and ask why, then history is just doomed to repeat itself, and the bad guy wins in the end. So follow the code to a T, or don't. But at the very least, know what it's there for. It's just another way for us to love one another that much better. No superpowers required. Thanks for listening to our weekly nerdy deep dive into the world of nerds, geeks, and gamers. We hope you enjoyed the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to experience this video in its intended full viewing, feel free to find us over on YouTube at Checkpoint Church and watch it there. If you're interested in supporting what we're doing, feel free to go to www.checkpointchurch.com support for information on how to donate or support us financially or otherwise. Or you can go through the Anchor app and support us there as well. This program is created, produced, and edited by Nathan Webb and distributed by Anchor. Anchor. Find us on twitch.tv slash checkpointchurch, where we'll be streaming on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Thanks again for listening to our show, and remember, God loves you, we love you, you matter. Be boldly blessed, and we will catch you next time.